Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. podcast sponsored by the good folks at yahoo dfs fantasy sports appropriately enough my guest today is none other than yahoo's own brad evans uh, saw brad last week at the sin city auction really fun time in vegas brad welcome to the pod thanks for having me on i think my liver is still ordering tequilas at uh, one of the many bars that the caesar's palace offers so uh, i do appreciate your participation in the sin city uh, auction uh, that's the rebranding of the stopa league it was an absolute blast and man did we have an incredible suite yes it was up. we had a we had a two-story suite full kitchen uh, there was equipment in there. It was a bit dated, uh, but it felt like, yeah, I was Rain Man. You yeah, know, it was incredible. I walked in and I was like, what the what? This is this is way <laughs> too nice for us here. Yahoo's paying well these days. Well, no, they gave us a sweet deal. Uh, it was an offer I could not refuse. Sure. And uh, we were all in there very comfortably, though. It got really fuzzy, a little hazy for me late in that draft because Barron's was pouring ridiculously generous tequilas in my cup throughout the entire what three four hour process and you put up a big fight but you said okay i guess i'll have to comply <laughs> have a few <laughs> a generous host of the auction and auctioneer until peter shanky came and rescued us a little bit towards the end yes but, uh, thank you peter yes we have a tradition of having boisterous auctioneers it's been quite a fun time doing that yeah, no doubt. And he definitely came in. He was a superhero because at that point, I think people were sick and tired of my shenanigans. 
uh, and I had devolved as a human being, uh, you know, again, about three hours into that exercise. Exactly. But, you know, tequila, what is your brand of choice of tequila, by the way? Well, it depends what you're looking for. Uh, You know, bang for the buck. I think the Huradura Ultra Añejo. Um, is one of the finest tequilas out there. It's about 55 to 60 bucks a bottle. I put it in my freezer. It's a clear tequila, but it is an Añejo. So it's been aged uh, for at least 18 months. And the reason why it's clear is because it's aged in American white oak barrels, not the traditional brown oak barrels that most Añejos are aged in. Interesting. So that's a really good one. Casamigos is really good. Um, And I had Clase Azul when I was in Cabo, a couple of months ago with the wife, and that was a religious experience. Uh, if you can find it, it runs about 100, 120 bucks a bottle. Uh, the bottle in itself is a piece of artwork, uh, but the tequila inside of it is even better than the exterior. It is exquisite. You will never go back to any other tequila again once you have sipped the Classe Azul Reposado. All right. I- I have I have an uneasy relationship with tequila stems back from college, but really good tequila done properly I can handle. So there you go. That's good. That's yeah. positive. There you go. Let's talk uh, news. Uh, you know, it's very lack of you know the news cycle is is what it is this year this time of year when you're before training camp. You're it's a lot of speculative stuff, a lot of contract stuff, and so it's no surprise that the two big items right now are holdout situations. Uh, both running backs, Melvin Gordon and Zeke Elliott. I read your take on Melvin Gordon on Yahoo. I, I agree with you that you have to treat it seriously, but at the same time, I don't think this is Love Bell. No, it most definitely is not Le'Veon Bell because there's no history of franchise tags tied right. to the situation, right? So here's the economics of what's going on in uh, Southern California with Melvin Gordon. He's uh, got one year left on his extended rookie deal because they picked up the option at $5.6 million. The Chargers have $10 million in cap space this year. So they could give him a handsome pay raise this summer. And then next year, if they want to sign him a long-term deal, which is what he's angling for, they have $50 million in cap space. So the, you know, the chargers are in a great position. I know a lot of people are out there that are, you know, beating the drum right now, probably screaming at their computer screens or their iPhones, listening to this podcast saying running backs are replaceable. Don't pay them. But Gordon is a special guy. Uh, he's a you know true blue three down running back who's been highly efficient RB eight or better in PPR leagues uh, the last three consecutive years. Yeah, he's had his nicks and scrapes, uh, but as a major downgrade of the one two, not you know such a throttle of a punch in Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson, and not only that, but Philip Rivers, you know his window is closing in rapidly. You know, well into his thirties, the time is now. Like the next couple of right. seasons, if the Chargers have any shot of making a Super Bowl, they need Melvin Gordon. Gordon on the field. So I think they're going to get a deal done. Uh, I think it's going to happen within the first week or so of August. And I will say this, Jeff, if it does drag on, I would say every week of August that this extends this holdout, I think Gordon drops a full round in a 12 team league. But if he's sitting there in round two, I think it's just too enticing of an opportunity to pass up. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and funny thing is the news broke, I think, Wednesday last week. Rotowire did our Vegas drafts, a uh, snake drafts on Tuesday, and I took Gordon at nine overall. I still probably would take him or I, I take scratch. It. I took him at 12 overall, actually, believe it or not. I would do it again. Um, I, I think I would take them, uh, you know, a couple of times. The thing is, I, 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 for all the reasons you state, there's no animus here. This, there's no like, oh, you guys screwed me on the franchise. You didn't, you know, yeah. not only to that with Bell, he got suspended prior to that with the marijuana thing. 
Um, there's a lot of reasons why he had a lot of heat, you know, built up for the organization, whereas Gordon does not have that at all. No, there's no angst. And, and Gordon himself even came out last week and says, I want to stay a, an L.A. Charger. I want right. to figure this out. So, yeah, as you mentioned, there's no bad blood here. They're going to figure it out. They'll sign on the dotted line. It's going to happen sooner rather than later. And again, if people believe this is Le'Veon Bell, the sequel, take advantage of the skittish because he will figure this deal out. Absolutely. I wish we did the auction after this item and the Zeke Elliott news came out because I I think those would have provided discounts and I would have happily taken on both. Let's talk Zeke Elliott. He also, uh, it's, it's a different than Bell situation too, because he's got a powerful incentive to get into camp by August 6th. Yes, he most certainly does. And you know, this is a a situation that like, if, if you have a stronger argument between the two, if you, you know, you parallel, uh, Gordon's situation to Zeke's who has more hand, who has more power. It's clearly Zeke Elliott. You take Elliott away from the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, he's the centerpiece of the offensive game plan. The entire offense flows through him. Uh, at least it did last year, whether as a rusher or a receiver. So Dallas will figure this one out as well. Um, you know, they're, they're going to shake hands on a deal. Uh, maybe, you know, it extends in August, similar to Melvin Gordon's situation. But the other thing, you know, that applies to both these guys, you know, who cares if they don't see a single snap in the preseason? It's not like you want right. them logging any touches anyway. All you hope for is that they get maybe two weeks worth of practice under their belt. So they can get their conditioning up. So they're rearing and ready to go, you know, week one of the regular season to handle the rigors of, you know, 20 or 25 touches in a game. So I think there's plenty of incentive here for both sides uh, to come to an agreement. And much like Gordon's situation, I think this is going to happen sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think so, too. I I really do. I'm not discounting at all on this one here. The funny thing about Zeke, too, is, uh, you know, a lot of people scrambled to get Daryl Henderson uh, because the Rams invested a good pick uh, and try to protect Gurley and his knee. You know, we know, like, you know, Austin Eckler is going to get taken in every draft. Justin Jackson, ball carrier, Northwestern, is going to get taken in a lot of drafts, not all of them. But who who knows the Cowboys uh, backups there? Who's handcuffing Zeke Elliott? I don't see a whole lot of that, at least in an early draft so far. Yeah, it was Pollard, uh, I believe, maybe right. the uh, the direct in line backup, uh, but against a long shot. And I am not an advocate of handcuffing at all. I think it's a, a waste of a roster space mm-hmm. uh, where you could find some other upside elsewhere. That's why the L.A. Rams situation is such a dicey one, because if you were willing to take the plunge and I would strongly advise anybody uh, against doing this um, and investing in Todd Gurley in round two, you're going to have to, you know, pony up to get Daryl Henderson, probably at a minimum round seven, maybe even round six to right. you know, assure yourself his services. And you're going to pass up on the likes of a Rashad Penny. Who we're going to get into in a minute or even a, uh, n- another round later, or Royce Freeman, you know, both these sophomore running backs, their profiles are on the rise. Both of them could be in one, a one B situations and run heavy offenses behind plus offensive lines. So would you rather invest in the backup to, you know, I guess shore up the situation, make yourself feel better. And there's no guarantee that Henderson's even going to be the backup. It could be Malcolm Brown. So, I mean, there's just so much risk there. Uh, I would rather go with uh, a sure thing in a penny or Freeman at that price point, or maybe go with a Tyler Boyd, for example, at receiver, maybe even a Calvin Ridley, if he's available at that price in your draft or an OJ Howard. Uh, I think it's just sheer silliness uh, to be handcuffing, uh, particularly with a high end running back like Gurley, knowing that 
you're going to have to pay a premium for his backup. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think you mentioned the critical factor price point. I have no problem getting a handcuff as your last guy. If it's if it's your last guy, it's a minimal price. You know, fourteenth round pick, dollar or two in the auction. And, you know, and granted, I, I'm biased because I did that a little bit. I got Matt Breida for two bucks, uh, but I, at the very end, uh, to back up Tevin Coleman, I think that's a little bit of a different situation when the opportunity cost isn't that high. I like taking other people's handcuffs usually, though. Yeah, and I, I think you, your point is fair with San Francisco. It was such a minimum investment right. that you know if you want to ride that out, uh, just kind of protect yourself, knowing that we had such an early draft and crazy stuff happens in the preseason, uh, that's totally understandable. I, I'm just not an advocate of you know specifically the Ram situation sure. there, or or you get into like the Seattle situation or the Broncos situation uh, where you have uh, a disparity between the two running backs of like maybe two to three rounds. I would, again, advise against that diversify, diversify the portfolio sure. and go elsewhere. Yeah. And that's also why I'm going to discount Gurley. You know, he went for 24 in our auction. He was discounted because I don't want to have to chase, you know, that that backup situation, let alone worry about, OK, there's a timeshare. I mean, if the we, we're not guaranteed that he's going to get his old usage back. We just don't no, know. No, no, you're not. And, and there's so many red flags, you know, with uh, the knee management schedule that they have employed. The fact that Sean McVay came out in May and said, hey, we're going to go to more of a two running back set backfield this year. Uh, number three, they you know traded up to acquire Daryl Henderson. They spoke very highly of him. They re-signed Brown to an extension. I mean, there's there's so many smoke signals here yeah. that. Uh, and Gurley himself, I mean, he was interviewed a week ago and he was asked about his knee and he was uh, very unconfident in his response saying, yeah, man, we'll see what happens in training camp. I don't know. I mean, that was the <laughs> crux of, of his sentiment. If that doesn't scream, stay away, then I don't know how else to convince you. So, you know, the people that are investing in Gurley in round two are the ultimate dice rollers, the ultimate risk takers. They are Looney Tunes. Stay far away from that situation unless you want to grab Henderson again, likely in round seven of 12 team half point PPR draft. Brad, I only wish you'd be willing to state an opinion every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, this guarantees that Gurley will be an MVP again this year. I mean, that's that's what's going to happen. Yeah, no, but I, I, you know, that's the thing I like, though, that, you know, you're willing to kind of go out there and. Not, you know, cover yourself, say, well, if he shows, no, you know, I like, I like what, I like the way you approach this. And I happen to agree with your take on this one too. So that works out. Well, we're in lockstep. Hey, you're in Denver. Uh, you yep. get a lot of, we had, a, it was a Denver flavored auction. We had Nate Lundy yep. there. We had Orlando Franklin we had Ryan Harris, a lot of Denver influences there, uh, but a lot of news. Philip Lindsay, you know, making some progress, although some of that was self-described. Uh, there, there's the, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff going on there. What's your take on the running back situation there? Yeah, John Elway, uh, as we're taping this podcast, is having his, uh, you know, his preseason introductory press conference right now at a Dove Valley, and he's been asked already about the running back, uh, you know, tandem, and and you know, this is more or less what Vic Fangio has said. That's what a lot of the beat writers that I've talked to have gathered. It is one A and one B. And mm -hmm. we don't know really who the one a is going to be. Everybody assumes it's going to be the incumbent now. And Philip Lindsay coming off that sterling 1000 yard, 10 touchdown campaign. Uh, but he just now is getting his wrist back to close to full strength after undergoing off season surgery uh, to repair that, uh, you know, the conditioning's up. 
Uh, but in this offense, it is going to be a center of power run scheme. Um, you're going to see some off edge runs. You're going to see some zone runs as well. I think that actually fits the skill set of Royce Freeman a little bit more, who was a metrics darling last year. Yes, you know, he was. The guy that had a high yards after contact per attempt. He was top 10 in the league in that category, uh, forced a missed tackle at a prolific rate. Uh, they've really worked on his hands. I mean, he was a decent receiver in college at Oregon. Uh, last year, too, the other thing you got to remember is this, you know, Phil Lindsay only solved a stack front, meaning eight or more men in the box, 16% of the time. So a lot of people point to this one advanced stat that's out there. The fact that he, I believe, was number two or number three among qualifying running backs and uh, average yards gained before initial contact. That has everything to do with scheming has everything to do with the fact the offensive line was outstanding and the fact too, that he faced light fronts Royce Freeman conversely had the second highest stacked front rate of any running back in the league wow. yet was very successful. He had a higher success rate than Philip Lindsay by a significant margin. Lindsay as well in the yards after contact per attempt category, missed tackle percentage outside the top 50, Jeff outside the top 50 in both of those categories among qualifying running wow. backs. So, you know, you peel back all the layers of the onion, and I think Freeman is the better talent, the better back, uh, the better overall skill set, and a better fit for this new offensive scheme under Fangio, who, again, really wants to run the ball early and often and lean on what should be a plus defense. And meanwhile, in the Sin City auction, we have a uh, Denver challenge on this here. Ryan Harris went 15 bucks on Lindsey. Nate Lundy, yep. 11 bucks on Royce Freeman. Which is fascinating. And I was too inebriated and I did not have enough <laughs> funds left to bid on Royce Freeman. Otherwise he would have been mine. Um, but you know, I, I've been trying to warn Ryan Harris and Ryan does a great job. He, you know, he's a Denver Bronco. He protected Peyton Manning in Super Bowl 50. Uh, he's got some bling bling as a result of it. Uh, and a guy that does great work on um, altitude radio here locally in the mile high city. And, and Lonnie, of course, my tag team partner of the fantasy football hour and has his own radio outfit at mile high sports. But Again, I, I think, you know, Ryan's been talking to a lot of the same people. Nate's been talking to a lot of the same people. Uh, I think uh, Ryan has been seduced by the game film and the explosiveness of Lindsay last year when I think the scale is going to tip to the side of Royce. I, I think both these guys are going to be still very valuable. And this is not a knock against Lindsay. I've always felt with his slashing type of skill set. He's better utilized as a receiver out of the backfield. You may see an uptick in receptions, but at a cost in terms of his rushing attempts, which will go to Royce, who I also believe will be the primary goal line back this year. One more Denver note, Emmanuel Sanders easing into training camp, uh, coming off the Achilles injury. Obviously, I don't think we expect him to be full go at the start of the season. You know, I, I'm kind of curious to see what your take is on him. Because he's going pretty cheaply now in most of the drafts and auctions that I've seen. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, a guy that's uh, right now with an ADP at uh, best balls here the last week uh, in the you know in the mid to late forties among wide receivers. So typically, a guy you're getting. I've even seen him go well after pick one hundred in some drafts. Uh, I, they're going to ease him in. I mean, the fact that he's going to avoid pup and training camp of the preseason is a mammoth step in his recovery. Uh, I've seen some of the uh, film that's been out there, some of the uh, social media posts that he has, uh, you know, posted uh, through his various feeds. He's cutting, he's running, he looks uninhibited. So again, these are all pluses for Emmanuel Sanders. And look, Deshaun Hamilton, as much as we like him and Cortland Sutton and his potential, they're only in their second year. 
Uh, they have no chemistry. Nobody does with Flacco, but I think Sanders will be able to build that up very quickly, assuming that he is going to be all systems go week one. I'm still reluctant to believe that is going to be the case. Uh, they're going to have the kid gloves on Sanders here, but I think those gloves could come off by say week three, week four. So if you get him, you know, in, in kind of the middle to later rounds of your fantasy draft as a wide receiver five, even a wide receiver six, I think there is tremendous upside and uh, of, uh, you know, at that price point. So I've been grabbing him you know, wherever I can, knowing that eventually uh, I think he's going to be the cream that rises to the top and will be the wide receiver one in Denver. All right. Very good. Hey, before we move on, talk about the Sin City auction in full detail. We got to share a promotional note and it's from Brad's outfit, Yahoo. It's officially July, which means football season is around the corner. And Yahoo Fantasy has introduced a new fantasy football game called Best Ball that lets you get in on the action now. With Best Ball, you draft your favorite fantasy fo- your, fa- your fantasy football team, and that's it. You don't need to do a thing once you've drafted your team. Each week, the top scoring players at each position on your roster will automatically count towards your weekly score. Forget about the time commitment. No waiver wire, no trades, no adding or dropping players, no having to make those tough starter sit decisions. Focus on the best part of football, the draft. Tired of doing mock drafts for your fantasy team and having other players drop out early and not finish draft? Free best ball leagues give you the most accurate ADP or average draft position of players before the season starts. And that's exactly how I use best ball drafts. I I don't do mock drafts. I do best balls. Can't get enough fantasy football, but don't want to manage those teams all season. You can draft up to 50 best ball teams, play for free or play for cash. But most importantly, getting to get, get to drafting with Yahoo fantasy best ball. Join the league today at sports.yahoo.com slash best ball. Also coming soon to the Yahoo fantasy app. Brad, have you uh, used up your 50 yet? Yes, I have. Uh, I'm really excited with our best ball product, actually. Um, You know, kind of introducing that. We're going to have some private leagues coming down the pipe here pretty soon. Uh, Really stoked about that as well. Uh, But, man, I have participated, it seems like, in a gazillion mock drafts and best ball drafts. And you're 100% right. The best way to mock draft is throwing a little skin in the game with a best ball and letting it ride. Yeah. Uh, I think people are more engaged. Uh, I think people are going to draft more, you know, smartly as a result of it. Uh, so you know, I'm a strong advocate for best ball being your form of mock drafting. Yeah, I uh, lo- love it. And uh, it's, it's I'm glad it's a, whole, a trend that's taken hold in our industry. It's uh, for, definitely for the best. OK, so we did our stupid early Vegas Sin City auction draft last Monday uh, as a prelude to the Rotowire trip as it worked out for me. Uh, you know, it's basically carrying on the tradition started with the Stopa 10K auction. Love the format. Love the uh, two tight ends, super flex and a flex and three wide receivers. Uh, no kickers is an introduction. That, that's a that's a brand thing for you. Um, and it is a lot of fun. 14 teams. I always find these auctions be uh, interesting and a little tricky because of the time, the depth, um, and, and the format. I mean, it's different. It gets me out of the mode of my standard snake draft mentality, and I think he, there's a lot of strategy elements to add. Yeah, there's no question about that, especially with the super flex, uh, you know, quality to this draft and three wide receiver starters along with the two running backs as well. And, you know, what's pivotal here is you got to have two starting quarterbacks and really need a third to stash later on that may have a little bit of upside. What I found fascinating, and it's all about timing and when players get thrown out. And Andy Barron's is the antichrist when it comes (laughs) to throwing out players. You know, he flat out told me before the draft, he goes, 
your three pet players are going to be my first three throwouts of course. in this draft. And I'm like, God, you're such a jerk. But you're you so really shy about letting that. people know who your pet players are, Brad. Who, how can we well, find that's out? The is, I wear it on my sleeve and it, it's to my own detriment. So, of course, the first player he threw out was Kyler Murray. Right now, what I found interesting in the twist in all of this is that the player uh, or the person that I was drafting against for Kyler services, not only then Andy Barrett's. Uh, so, you know, Barons and I were going back and forth ping ponging and eventually I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to let him eat this. It, it was too much. He went for $25 in this draft. Uh, granted, I have Kyler Murray ranked as my QB five. Uh, so I'm very aggressive on him. I think it's going to be a similar output. What he achieves this year to what RG three did in his rookie campaign with Washington a few years back. Uh, but I, I just couldn't go, you know, that deep that early. Uh, in terms of my budgeting. And then the second player, of course, he threw out is another player. He and I are both enamored with, and that's David Montgomery. Yes. Now that one, I would not, I couldn't let the fish off the hook. Uh, there was no way in hell I was going to let him slip. You guys could have bit me up to 30 and I still would have gone all in. Uh, I'm head over heels in love with this kid. Uh, you know what he has done in terms of his skill set behind a shoddy uh, pair of offensive lines the last two years at Iowa State. He's the only running back in the pro football focus era to go over 100 missed tackles in a single season, and he did it not only once but twice. He's got the shimmy. He's got the shake. Uh, he made that first defender miss right around 42% of his attempts last year, and he enters into a great situation where, you know, I think the Kareem Hunt com uh, comparisons are fair. Uh, I think Matt Nagy really wants to lean on one running back. You know, Tariq Cohen is more or less Tyreek Hill light and how he's going to be deployed and utilized, you know, dispersed all over the field. But Montgomery can do everything. And I know there's some draft Knicks out there like, oh, but look at his athletic profile. The guy's a snail. Just watch the film. Just watch the film. He has such a, a unique uh, elusiveness to him so slippery that I think he's going to slide into the 270 touches that Jordan Howard accumulated last year. So I was willing to go again, all in on him. I got him for $25 as my RB two to pair with Melvin Gordon, who I got at 44. So I was pretty pleased mm -hmm. with that backfield. And interestingly, uh, interestingly as well, Tyreek Hill. Um, so I, I can't remember who threw the him out. I've been Dalton Del Don. I think he started $3. Remember I jumped him to 15. Yep. And, and then it was crickets. And I was a bit shocked by that, uh, but it's looking pretty damn good now because we did not have the full audio tape. Remember, right. Jeff? That's right. It had been released. It was released the very next day uh, at that time during the draft. So, you know, he could be exonerated. I, I think he is uh, get a get off, you know, free of any suspension. Uh, that's, you know, wait and see mode right now. But uh, if Tyree kill even misses a couple of games, $15 an absolute steal. Yeah. And I think because you jumped him to 15. If you had started, you've jumped in like seven or eight, it would have bid up to 15 anyhow, I think. But because well, Lucas, you might have saved two. Hoover, Go ahead. Sorry to interject, but Lucas Hoover, in, in fact, uh, who was sitting right next to uh, Thornberry and you guys and you as well, all the Rotowire crew kind of uh, congregate in the same area of the couch. Uh, Hoover said uh, 14 was my max. So that was a hell of a bid. Yeah. Just, it, pure luck. Pure luck yeah. going to 15. But jumping and, is the way to go. I mean, I like yeah. jumping because you get deals that way. You get people get shocked and odd sometimes. They're not ready. I, I love jumping. On, my, my favorite thing to do in auctions is, first of all, be involved in every player. Because you never know when you something stops and you get that deal, that bargain. It's especially true in baseball when we get have so many players we're going through, right? Uh, but all, all the time, I like being active, being involved. I think you get a better feel for the auction. You get a better feel for 
what the relative prices are, and you get a better idea about, you know, and you just, you're there, you're engaged all the time. And you jump these guys like that, all of a sudden, you, you got to get, you get your, your, those freezes like that. And I, you did that very effectively. Well, and I want to commend you as well, because you had a couple of steals uh, in particular, Evan Ingram, again, in a two yeah. tight end league at $12, same price as Eric Ebron, a dollar less than what Jared Cook went for. That's highway robbery. In my opinion, I like Tevin Coleman at 19. I think he's going to spearhead this uh, shared backfield in San Francisco, Matt Breida and Jared McKinnon would get injured in a pillow fight. Uh, <laughs> so the, you know, the odds, of those guys remaining healthy, slim to none. And of course, Coleman, very familiar with the system under Kyle Shanahan right. in which he had a top 20 campaign a couple of years back in Atlanta. Uh, and then Kenyon Drake at 16, you know, I think Kenyon Drake, um, I think you're going to have a nice tidy ROI at that price point. The dolphins are down 20, nothing in every game right now. Right. And, and Drake is superior than Kalen Balaj. Now <sighs> I, this was, this was a true moment of my non-existent sobriety. The fact that I threw out Balage for a dollar, I wanted nothing to do with him, <laughs> and I ended up getting him for a dollar because I I don't like him. I, the guy's a stiff. He's wooden. He doesn't make that first defender miss. I was just gonna say he just got runner. knocked down as soon as you mentioned his name. He oh, fell. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean a soft, gentle breeze coming off the uh, coast uh, will yeah definitely you know put him on his fanny. So. I think Kenny Drake is a guy that's uh, got tremendous amount of upside, particularly in the league that, you know, scores for half point PPR. He's going to catch 55, 60, maybe 65 balls. And with a new coaching regime, hopefully they're going to finally utilize him to his fullest capacity. What we saw a couple of years ago over the second half of the season in which, you know, he was essentially an RB one. You know, it's funny. I, I mentioned I wrote I wrote up a blog just posted about an hour ago up on RotoWire. You guys can check it out. I link to the the whole draft and I talk about my team because I talk about myself, of course. Uh, but Drake was the only guy I came in targeting. The only guy that I really said I'm going to walk away with him because I I like the price where he's going everywhere else. I think there's a lot of people like oh Drake I can't let him kill me again. Oh the Dolphins suck. I had a spirited argument with my co-host Joe Bartel on that Sirius XM today about Drake. Uh, he he's taking the don't. I'm definitely taking. Uh, I'm I'm putting odds on the pass line with him. I, I really think that uh, I'm going to get really good value out of that price. Sixteen dollars. I. I I would have paid up to about twenty twenty three, I think, on him. I, just like you were saying earlier about David Montgomery, you would have gone five dollars more. I would have done the same for Drake. Well, and it's all about timing too. Yep. I think Drake, from my recollection, was thrown out pretty late. Yeah. Uh, you know, money was starting to dry up, and that's another great tip for people that have never done an auction before, uh, or maybe you're still kind of fairly new to the game. At some point, you want to be in the top three of money leaders left. And it, I think it's usually the tipping point right around uh, 55 or 60 players that have been thrown out overall. That's when the values start kicking in. And if you can bully a room and get some of these high quality players that are still available at that juncture, chances are you're going to get them at a discount much cheaper than if they would have been thrown out in the first 25 or 30 players overall. So it's good to be in that position though it can be a bit of a dangerous game if there is a player left and that player is the last individual yes. left in a tier. Uh, we saw that with Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Because right. he went for $20. I got Roethlisberger for 15 oh. but I think Garoppolo was thrown out uh, a couple of rounds later and he went for, you know, an Andy Jackson. We were all like, what the hell just happened? We we're a bit shell-shocked. And Lowe's is like, I got him. That's my guy. He's so handsome. He's so dreamy. <laughs> but here's the himself. thing. Here's the thing. And this is going to be my sore point from the entire auction. I misgaged the quarterback market a little bit there. 20 is where he should have gone. It's just all these fools should have gone for 20. 
You should have had to pay more for Big Ben. You know, and I misjudged the market. And so the thing is, that's on me. I as you have to gauge the room. But here, here we are. It's a QB flex league, which really means it's a two QB league. Uh, there's 14 teams. That means 28 quarterbacks should be starting every week. You hit bye weeks. All of a sudden, you're left with probably your third string running back at or fourth string running back as your super flex. No, you want to have the two QBs. So I think that you know even like these third tier QBs should be in the fifteen to twenty dollar range. Big Ben's a second tier QB. That was ridiculous. You got him for fifteen. I'm I'm meanwhile I'm sitting there with Matthew Stafford at fourteen, taking you know bought before all those other guys went, just hating life. And I may have expressed that seventeen times during the auction. <laughs> Alcohol might have been involved too. But anyway, at any rate. Um, I, you know, the thing is, gauging the room is super important. Knowing what the rest of the room is going to do. In previous Stopa leagues, same format, these quarterbacks were going for around 20 bucks. The top quarterbacks were all over 40 because uh, that's just the way QB flex leagues usually work. That didn't happen in this draft. No, every draft's different, and that's the beauty of auction. And, yeah. uh, you know, the, the philosophy, the mentality, the strategy, you know, you get uh, – and, and there, there was an interesting collection of individuals. It was a very eclectic mix of people. Yeah. You know, we mentioned we had the former players. We've got industry folks. We had the super fan as well. I purposely <laughs> picked those people to kind of throw them into the mix to see what would churn out um, instead of it being a straight industry draft. So I, th- I found it fascinating. I thought it was a wonderful human e- experiment. Uh, and it, you know, the results, uh, I think panned out and, and matched that, uh, level of interest. So, yeah, yeah I mean, it, it, it was fascinating again, just to see, you know, what the quarterbacks went for, but a lot of it has to do with timing. Uh, a lot of it has to do with shock and awe. Uh, I was very pleased getting Josh Allen at $13. I mean, he was QB yes. one, the, the number one quarterback in fantasy over the last what, six, seven weeks of the regular season last year. It's got more weapons. Uh, you're not going to be able to wrestle the uh, mentality out of him of running. Uh, you know, if he can just make even a small stride in accuracy, I think Josh Allen could, you know, be in that uh, top 12 range when it's all said and done, when the dust settles come late December. Absolutely. I, I, I was sick about sickened about that price too. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of things, things, things went wrong. I mean, I was happy with Ingram. I was happy with my backs. I probably should not have paid freight for uh, Odell Beckham at 39. Not that I hate the player or the price, just structurally the way my team was. Uh, it, it prevented me from doing some other stuff. Uh, before we go into uh, any more details about this auction, I had a couple other points to make. Let's take care of a little bit more business here. Another promotional note from our friends at Superdraft. The future of daily fantasy sports has arrived. Experience Superdraft's exclusive game mode, Multiplier. Say goodbye to salary restrictions and hello to lineup freedom. Use your fantasy sports knowledge to draft any player you want and build your own, your very own dream team. Countless lineup possibilities let you experience daily fantasy sports the way you want. Superdraft offers contests for NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, and PGA, so you can enjoy the best of DFS all year round. Sign up for Superdraft today using promo code ROTOWIRE and claim your free $5 in super cash and a free $3 entry with your first deposit. Download in the App Store or play at superdraft.io. Superdraft. No limits, more winning. Brad, you mentioned uh, in the auction uh, that you know the, there, it does pay to wait often, and I think it does matter in the, con- the mix of your league. 
Dalton Del Don, your colleague, did the extreme approach on waiting. He didn't buy a player through like the first five or six orbits through the nomination order. <laughs> uh, the the thing that and he I, I like what he did. I like how he put the team he put together. But you can run into a problem with that sometimes, in that there can you can run out of inventory. You mentioned the tiers issue, but there also can be just sometimes you just lose track of where the spending is and. In an expert league, I think sometimes the very first couple guys out of the shoot can be the best deal, too. Kind of depends on where you're at. Um, and I, I noticed in this one here, like, our, our Nate Lundy had a lot of money left at the end. I think he was oh, struggling man. to find some money. to. He, I got, he liked a lot of the deals he got. But at the same time, I thought, like, oh, I bet you he wishes he had another $30 player somewhere there. Yeah, James Coe, I mean, he left uh, $8 on the table. So, yeah. I mean, it's kind of insane. And those two were sitting next to each other, which right. I found fascinating. This is a classic quintessential Lundy move, by the way. Okay. I have been in several auction drafts with him over the years. He's actually in one of my local leagues that I have a bunch of fantasy writers, uh, the ladies from her fantasy football, Brandon right. Mary Lee's sisters. Uh, they're uh, they're Denverans. Uh, they live in or Denverites, whatever you want to call us. Uh, so they live around uh, the corner and they always are in this draft. And uh, we have, we've got neighbors. We've got former NFL players. We've got other media folks, Paul Klee, who does tremendous work for the Colorado Gazette covering various, uh, you know, Denver sports. Uh, and Lundy always waits, yeah. always waits. And so I knew exactly he would you know, make this move. I was shocked that James waited as long as he did. You can get tremendous values, but as we mentioned, it's a dangerous game Yeah, because you, you don't want to get in that position. Yeah. You want to be a bully at some point, but you got to start throwing some cash out and spend that money in those, you know, middle rounds essentially of nominations. Otherwise you're going to get, you know, left with a ton of money in your pocket or you're going to get price gouged. Yeah. And for Lundy, he really didn't get price gouged. I think he did a little bit of a shot pity and went for $20. Uh, who he's got in his flex, uh, but he, you know, his second quarterback is Nick Foles at four dollars, and then he's got Marcus Mariota at six. His first quarterback is Mitchell Trubisky. He got at twelve, which I thought was a really good value as well. All those are sick and stupid values. Yep, uh, yeah. I, I agree. I mean, and the thing is, I like having three quarterbacks in this league. So I, I really like having that because then you, you know, bye weeks, you're covered. I feel like you have a lot of trade currency. Of course, my third is Eli, so we'll see how much currency that has. And by week four, he could be out of a job. Uh, but we'll, we'll see about that. But, uh, yeah, the thing is you do have the money left on the table problem. And you, then you have like the whipsaw problem where you got two or three guys that have, have all waited and they're all competing against the same guys in the middle. So, you know, this, any strategy works best alone or with like one other person. Otherwise you kind of run into that same sort of problem. So kind of interesting to see that. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about was tight ends. We do it. We're at two tight end league, which should mean there's a, quite a bit of inflation in this league. Yeah. And there really wasn't, uh, you know, I, with your elite tier guys. So, you know, your Travis Kelsey's your George Kittles, your Zach Ertz Kittle went for 27. Uh, Ertz went for 26 and I'm looking up Kelsey, 37, right 37. Holy cannoli. I mean, that's what you're going to have. You're going to have to pay out your Yang to get a guy like Kelsey in this kind of format. I, I don't adhere to that kind of strategy. Mm -hmm. uh, I tend to look at guys that are in the third or fourth tier. I really want advanced McDonald. Uh, but I re remember when he got tossed, I just didn't have the funds uh, to bid up for his services. I had Austin Hooper who apparently is getting all kinds of hype unnecessarily. So you know, you've entered the coach speak season <laughs> when Austin Hooper right now is placed on a pedestal by Dan Quinn saying, Oh, we're going to take his game to the next level. But you know, I got him for $10. I'm fine with that. 
Uh, Dallas Godard, I got it for five. I'm all right with that as my second tight end. Uh, interestingly, uh, somebody got Gronk. I don't remember this um, again because I had too many beverages for a buck. And now we're hearing reports huh. um, from Pro Football Talk. Uh, that there's a 40% chance he could return. And I, I would say the odds are a little bit better than that. I think really, once, yeah, I think once training camp gets going um, and, and Gronk starts seeing, you know, his teammates on the field, he's feeling fine physically. Yeah. He's dropped some LBs, but I think that is going to really pull him. And I would not be surprised. He has a Godfather moment and gets sucked back in. So uh, I don't be shocked if Gronk sees the field at some point this year. I, I, I would say, you know, maybe it's closer to 50 50 uh, that he will see a or log a single snap for the New England Patriots sometime this season. So Who, who's got a better right. chance it, of playing Gronk or Josh Gordon? Uh, probably Gordon. Uh, I think Gordon's going to get cleared eventually. Um, will I be seduced yet again? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to mention words about that. I can't quit him, man. He is an old flame that just continues like, you know, get a call at one in the morning. Hey, come on over. That's Josh Gordon. I'm, I'm hopping in the car right. immediately. You know, it's going to happen. A little mouthwash, a little extra deodorant. I, I'm knocking on the door. So uh, I think Gordon will get cleared uh, at some point. I think he will return. And uh, I've been stashing him everywhere in best balls. Uh, this league, I didn't get him. Loza got him for a buck. Uh, I wish I would have remembered him at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but See, also tequila. Yeah. Yes, correct. Uh, <laughs> again, it's 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 a dangerous game when you're playing with the Mexican love juice. Uh, but for Gordon, I, I, he's a guy that could instantly step back in. He's familiar with the system. I could see him getting, you know, 22, 23% of the target share. Uh, if he does return to action, cause who else does new England have outside of Julian Edelman, uh, Nikhil Harry work in progress. He got owned by Stefan Gilmore and Grant Gilmore is one of the best cover corners in the league, mm-hmm. uh, in mandatory minicamp uh, back in June. But you know, he's got a hill to climb to be serviceable in this league. I guess Philip Dorsett is there. I mean, Gordon's got to step in immediately to a sizable workload. So he's somebody again, worth a stab and the, you know, beer fuzzy hours of your fantasy draft. Just reminds me of everyone, you know, for three years on out uh, picking up Calvin Johnson after he retired. And <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I see Barry Sanders, same thing. You know, we got another lion out there that's going to retire that we're going to get on, but probably not, you know, no one did that with Perriman, but uh, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 I did find that interesting. And then looking at the tight ends and the prices they went, you know, it, it was, I wanted to get one of those mid tier guys. I got angry. Like you mentioned, I was pretty happy with that, and I was just going to fill a, a buck guy afterward from the other one. Dangerous, though, to have a $1 guy as uh, your second tight end because you, you want to have a zero from the spot. You want to have something from every spot. But, yeah, that'll be an area of active fabbing. Somebody will merge, I think, at tight end. Usually you get some of those second- and third-year guys that do something, and so uh, we'll see what happens out of that. Um, let's well, talk- yeah, there, okay. there are a lot of people out there like Darren Waller, for example, yeah. or Matt Lacoste. If Gronk doesn't come out of retirement in New England, uh, mm-hmm. Josh Oliver in Jacksonville, I think he's got a ton of upside. Yeah, I, I think the tight end position, although we say this every year, it looks deep. And then by week six, it is a desert. That's a wasteland. It is a desolate yes. landscape. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about some of your guys. Uh, let, let's talk about, you know, Kyler Murray, you referenced it earlier. You were early on the Kyler Murray train. You, you start, you know, you state your claim nice and early. You said you have a, what number five among QBs. Yep. Uh, 
which is comfortably ahead of the consensus. Even if you put him at 10, you would have been ahead of the consensus. My, my concern with uh, Murray is not his skills and less his line. That's where I'm, I'm having a problem is his offensive line is what really, really worries me. Yeah, and that's understandable, but I think the air raid system can fix a lot of the ills, a lot of the visible warts that you saw last year. That was the most dysfunctional offense in the league. It lacked extreme creativity. There was nothing there. It was like, hey, David Johnson, uh, one of the most versatile running backs in the NFL, Mike McCoy's like, we're going to call a belly play up the gut. There you go. You're going to slam into a line that's got eight guys stacked in it mm-hmm. because Josh Rosen is terrible at his job. You know? <laughs> that's true. And, and, you know, people say, well, Rosen's not that bad. You know, Rosen had his moments, uh, but he had the lowest success rate of any quarterback in shotgun last really? year. Yeah. I mean, so that, that sums it up right there is YPA was one of the worst in the league in those situations as well. So even when he had a little extra time, you know, maybe a split second, he couldn't get the ball out quickly enough or accurately uh, to get over that hump of that extreme duress that he was placed under. I, I think with the spacing of the air raid, I equated to what Michigan basketball was under John B line. The reason why John B line was so successful for so many years as the university of Michigan coach, of course, now he's uh, manning uh, or heading up the Cleveland Cavaliers is because of the floor spacing. Uh, he was able to create one-on-one matchups and with the speed and the efficiency of his shooters, uh, he was able to maximize those opportunities. It's same concept. Uh, that is applied to the grass now with Cliff Kingsbury and, you know, Kingsbury says he wants to run 90 to 95 plays. You know, there's no way that's going to happen. It would be equivalent odds of me uh, winning a competition against Cliff Kingsbury for the bachelorette's affections. It's not going to happen. He's a handsome man. Just like everybody's saying, Oh, he could like David Johnson could get 35 touches. You realize that'd be a hundred over the record. Yeah. That's not happening. No, it's not going to happen. Now could uh, David Johnson get 20 to 25? Sure. I think that's doable. Uh, I think realistically, you know, maybe they can run 70, plays per game. I think uh, the Ravens led all NFL teams in that category with 70 last year. So I think that's achievable. The other thing you got to con- consider here, and this all plays in a Kyler Murray is that the defense is going to be wretched. And, you know, Patrick Peters suspended for the first few games of the regular season. They were already bad on paper, you know, with Peterson. And I, I think there's going to be a lot of scoreboard chasing here. Uh, I think it's going to take time for defensive coordinators to adjust as well to this extreme spread scheme where you have four or five wide receivers out. Uh, and I like the personnel around Murray uh, as well. Larry Fitzgerald still got gas and tank Christian Kirk. I think is going to take a quantum leap in production. I like Andy Isabella uh, as being that, you know, slippery underneath type Akeem Butler's got a high ceiling though. He is a work in progress uh, to go along with some of the other people. And of course, David Johnson, Ricky seals, Jones still there. Uh, and the other thing you got to remember too, is that, you know, we're in this scoring duelist age, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, of some of the great running quarterbacks that you'll ever see with Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Cam Newton, uh, to a lesser extent, Mitchell Trubisky, hell, even Aaron Rodgers will get you 300, you know, rushing yards in the ground. So, you know, Kyler Murray is a guy and people would be like, Oh, he's so pint sized. He's going to get hurt. Uh, he played baseball. You know, what else played baseball, Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson's done a tremendous job at potty, body preservation. And Murray did exactly that at Oklahoma. You know, he was sliding. He was getting himself out of bounds. Yep. I think he's going to be upright for 16 games. And Jeff, just to throw one other thing out there, I think the best description of Kyler Murray in terms of uh, his skill that as a passer, he's Baker Mayfield. 
He may even be more accurate than Baker may. Really? Uh, he was at Oklahoma. He was number one or number two in every single completion percentage category at a collegiate level last year. That's how pinpoint Murray is. And he can make every NFL throw. He is going to be a mega star. And uh, I have a heavy over bet on rush yards on a prop at 475. I think it's going to be 700, 750 rushing yards this year for him. Wow. So let me ask you this. Uh, you're big on Murray. Are you big on any of those receiving options you mentioned? Right? Do you have a lot of shares of any of the receivers, be it Kirk or Fitz or Isabel, any of those guys? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't get Christian Kirk in uh, the Sin City showdown. Um, I, I think he went for $15 somewhere else. Um, but I, I do like Kirk quite a bit. I do have him in, in several best balls. I've been targeting mm-hmm. him in round seven. Unfortunately, the price tag has started to balloon a little bit to round six. I'm in an industry mock right now with CBS, some of the you know biggest names in the business. And I'm contemplating taking Kirk in round six on the comeback. I'm two picks away. I'm debating either go that or Tevin Coleman or Mark Ingram. So I'll have to wait and see what I do. I'll have to contemplate that one. Uh, but I think Kirk is a guy that could easily be a top 30 asset this year. He could be a ceiling top 20 guy. Andy Isabella, I think could catch 60 to 65 balls in his inaugural campaign. I think Fitzgerald could be an 80 to 85 catch guy. I mean, this, this team is going to fly. And, and again, if they do, uh, you know, scoreboard chase and they're faced with a ton of deficits, it's going to be a lot of volume and yeah, to spread the wealth kind of socialist scheme, this air raid, but remember it's predicated on quick strikes. That's what the air raids all about. Quick, efficient, accurate throws, a lot of slants, a lot of hooks, a lot of screens, some flares. Um, and, and you know, that really fits in the skill set of, of all these guys that I mentioned. Um, that's why they were drafted and selected and why, uh, cliff Kingsbury and company and then Steve Kime in that front office, you know, stockpiled guys that fit the scheme. So yeah, I'm, I'm all in on this offense and I'm going to write probably about 1500 words of hyperbole on this tied to a historical gold mine located in the Sonoran desert on Yahoo sports. Uh, it all makes sense. Trust me in early August. All right. Looking forward to that. I know the Seahawks preview just went up and we'll be talking about that in a second, but before we do that, fantasydraft.com would like to bring you an important message about rake. Are you tired of paying high fees to play daily fantasy? Did you know that over time, these fees called rake can cost daily fantasy players over 30% of their bankroll as daily fantasy sites continue to raise rake prize pools are being squeezed more and more, making it harder and harder for players like you to win. More rake just means more money lining the pockets of the big DFS sites and less money for players, but change is coming. Starting in July, Fantasy Draft is changing the game by bringing you rake-free daily fantasy. That's right. Soon you'll be able to play your favorite contests without paying any rake. On Fantasy Draft, 100% of entry fees will be paid out to contest winners. 100% of the time. Playing your favorite contests rake-free on Fantasy Draft will save you hundreds or even thousands of dollars in rake every month. Rake-free daily fantasy is truly a game-changer. Just imagine what playing on Fancy Draft is going to do for your bankroll. Register at FancyDraft.com today and be the first to know when the rake-free revolution begins. Use promo code RWNFL to receive a free seven-day trial. Uh, we are talking about Brad's you know, flames and a couple – we might bring up a fade or two. Brad, we did. We mentioned David Montgomery earlier. Is there any other running back that you're getting a lot in, like, if, if not in Sin City but, or maybe all in a bunch of your best balls? 
Well, yeah, again, I'm going back to Royce Freeman. I think Royce Freeman's got uh, enormous potential this season. I think he could be a thousand total yard running back uh, with six to eight touchdowns this year. And a guy you're getting like RB 35, RB 36. I think Rashad Penny's got a great shot of at least 200 to 225 carries. Yeah. You got to remember Seattle ran it like 52.4% of the time last year. What's old is new again. Uh, That's an offense. Red Grange could love. And they're going to be, you know, one, two punch him and Chris Carson, Chris Carson, not exactly the picture of perfect health. Uh, he already had a knee scope this off season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he's been injury play going back to his days in high school, uh, missed time at Oklahoma state, you know, missed time last year. Uh, I think Penny could really take that step forward. A guy that's trimmed, uh, you know, a few pounds. Uh, it's got a little bit more pep in his step. And I think learned a lot uh, from his rookie season. So those were a couple of guys that I like, by the way, as an update in this mock draft, I told you I was debating between Mark okay. Ingram, Tevin Coleman and Christian Kirk in round six. It came back to me. This is a full point PPR. Mind you, uh, Dave Richard made it easy for me because he took Ingram. Scott fish went Daryl Henderson. So it came down between Kirk and Coleman for me. And I went Kirk All as right. my wide receiver four. So Assuming that would be a flex position, still a lot of good running backs, including the aforementioned Freeman and Penny uh, left on the board along with Coleman. I'm hoping one of those will be available to me uh, when it comes back around in uh, round seven. So, yeah, those I mean, those are some consistent guys. I like Damian Williams a ton. Love uh, Damian Williams price this year. Tag is, yeah, the problem is it's starting to skyrocket a little bit. Uh, it is interesting in this mock exercise. He fell to round three, Chris Harris got him, And I, I was astonished. I couldn't believe he was still there. And this is like, like five, six picks into round three. He was still there. Uh, I have steadily seen Damian Williams go in the middle portion of round two of some drafts, even ahead of you know Dalvin cook or Nick Chubb. Uh, I prefer Chubb and cook just a little bit more, but I I'm all in on Damian Williams. I'm all in on Marlon Mack as well in Indianapolis, you know, those are guys, I just like round three, I like Aaron Jones. I think there's some, just some great backs there. Tremendous. Yeah. Value. So if you go wide receiver, wide receiver to start, and I'm in getting pigeonholed in a pick number nine overall, it seems like in every other draft I'm in, Yeah, I'm going Devonte Adams. And then my choice of Michael Thomas, OBJ, Juju Smith, Schuster on the comeback. And then round three, I'm satisfied with a Damien Williams, Marlon Mack or an Aaron Jones is my RB one. So I'm in the upper bound of Damien Williams. I'm taking him early to mid second. Uh, but that's because I feel like Andy Reid has done everything except explicitly say he's getting 300 touches. I mean, the guy has said, he's going to be our lead back. He's going to be our starter. He's going to be the, you know, he's going to be the guy. And we know that he, how Andy Reid treats his running backs too, that he likes yep. to have a single back. And we, moreover, we've seen production from Damian Williams last year when he's had the keys to the car, he's driven quite well. Jeff, I'll just throw this out there to you because hold on to something. If you're not familiar with this stat, if you extrapolate what Damian Williams did over six games last year, including the postseason, he would have finished with 1,605 total yards and 26 total touchdowns. Is that something 26? you'd be interested in? Yeah. Is make- that priest Holmes, the sequel? <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? And I know you can make the fresh legs argument that he had fresh legs and nobody else did. Uh, but I, I, I think it's just more, he has ability and that offense is so potent. You just want that there. I mean, I, I'm fully convinced. I'm all aboard on the Damian Williams train. Uh, we had a- enough of this nonsense of Carlos Hyde too, real quick. Enough of the nonsense with Hyde. Did you see him last year? He is a baked potato. 
He's cooked. <laughs> He's done. If there's anybody that's interesting in this backfield, other than Damian Williams and maybe Darwin Thompson, that we have to see what he can do in the preseason. Yeah, I got. Uh, so the Rotowire Vegas League we did the day after the auction, uh, 14 team league. I was stuck in the 12 spot because that's where I mean, either 12 or nine this year so far as well. I took him at 2.3. I without any regrets, 17 overall. I, I was happy to take him. Our, our, our draft was it's standard scoring. So running backs were crazy early. It was 10 out of the first 11 were running backs. So I went Devonte Adams, Damian Williams. I'm ha- happy. Very happy. I can see the case for Chubb over him. I can see the case for cook, but those are two guys I also want. And I also want Aaron Jones. I'm with you on all four of those guys. Yep. I, yep. I like them all. Uh, Tom Kestnick keeps beating the Aaron Jones drum saying it's a mistake to let him go to the mid There's just, there's just a lot of running backs. I think that's why. Yeah, there's that. I mean, Derek Henry's interesting as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're hearing, uh, the new OC in Tennessee saying, look, uh, we're going to ride him hard early and often He's in a contract year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was an absolute behemoth down the stretch last season behind an offensive line that was top 10 in run blocking efficiency. Yeah. I got the Marcus Mariota factor. We don't know what version is going to show up, but look, if they feed the beast, Derrick Henry is going to be a monster and you're getting him consistently like RB 17, RB 18. I, I, I will. I've already said this before on my podcast, a fantasy record. Uh, check it out. Apple podcast, Google podcast, wherever you download, listen to your podcast uh, that this is the deepest second and third tier running back class, Jeff, that yeah. I can remember in like the last decade. Yeah, so you don't be afraid to position. don't be afraid to go receiver receiver to start if you want. I mean, I think that's yeah. one of the takeaways. Uh, especially if you're the back end of the first round, that's where the value's at. Uh, yeah, and if you if you want to chase a Travis Kelsey, if you or a George Kittle or a Zach, or, yeah, that's there true. Are plenty of running backs, plenty yeah. of running backs to choose from. Yep, that's right. That's absolutely right. A uh, couple other notes. Uh, we'll let you go here. A uh, lot, lot of other guys. I, I, I give me two fades. Two guys that you're just not paying the sticker price for. Well, obviously, Todd Gurley. And yeah. for the, all the reasons I mentioned before, right. you are, I mean, you need to be in a straight jacket if you're drafting him, you know, anywhere in round two, maybe in round three, if you want to roll the dice, be my guest, go for it. But mm-hmm. I want nothing, nothing to do with Todd Gurley, Darius Geis, another player I'm staring very far away from, uh, you know, he had complications from the ACL surgery with all the infections. He had to have like five surgeries to clean that up. Now he had to overcompensate physically and his uh, recuperation and he's dealing with a hamstring injury as a result of it. Yeah. Adrian Peterson may be the top guy or Chris Thompson, who we always forget about, but plays a significant role in Washington. Uh, those two guys, uh, I think are going to have, you know, maybe more value than Darius guys this year, who I just cannot trust his services, uh, overall. Uh, you know, you look at uh, some of the other positions that are out there, you know, quarterback I, Patrick Mahomes is not going to duplicate what he did last year. As good as he is 50 passing touchdowns. And there's somebody that's listening to his podcast right now and in their local league thinking, Oh, I can't wait until I get Pat Mahomes and, and they think they, you know, pulled wool over the eyes of everybody in their league. Right. Uh, don't pay for the career year, man. You know, in, in Caesars right now, you can bet on Mahomes over under passing touchdowns. You, you want to guess what that line is, Jeff passing touchdowns. I'll say it's like 33 close 35 and a half. Okay. So you think about that, put it in perspective, right? He threw 50 touchdown passes last right. year. People are like, Oh, you know, uh, m- minus one ninety. I don't care. I'll pay the juice. Uh, I'm taking the over all day <laughs> long on that, you know, and twice on Sundays. Uh, it's a trap, man. 
Admiral Akbar is, you know, screaming. It's a trap. Nice. So it's, you know, I, I'm just, I, I don't buy that Mahomes is going to be able to replicate the, you know, consecutive years as the king of the quarterback position. And you have to pay a premium for him now. So I think there was a lot of bust potential based on price point for Mahomes when you get an Andrew Luck like three, four, five rounds later. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, so, you know, those are some names, some you know, big. Uh, players out there that I, I will not invest in. Uh, James Connor, I'm growing a little bit more skittish on. Same. Uh, but you know, again, everybody has a, a price, and and if they fall far enough or they go cheap enough at an auction, I'm more than willing to invest. But uh, those are just a few that immediately come to mind. All right, very good. All right, we'll finish with a non-substantive question. I'm asking all my guests in baseball and football pods this week. Uh, travel question. You know, I, I like to know what people are traveling. It was inspired by uh, Tim Heaney coming back from his vacation. We're talking about the, the states he's been to. I've been to 43 states with an asterisk. I, I think I've been to Mississippi, but I can't confirm it. Uh, but I'll, it's going to be moot next. <laughs> Do you want to? <laughs> well, I want to be to every state. But, yeah, we, okay, we okay. went to a family vacation on the Tennessee-Mississippi border. We visited a Civil War battlefield. I swear I saw a sign that we crossed the Mississippi state line. However, I cannot remember the name of the, the place we stayed or the battlefield that we visited. So it doesn't really count. But I have a niece that attends Ole Miss. We're going to go to her graduation, so it'll be all good in the oh, spring. Cool. But uh, I'd like to know where, where, where's everybody been? How many places? How many states have you been to, and where do you want to go to next? I probably covered about half of the union. Uh, I want to go to Alaska. Uh, that's a place Same. that I want to check out. Sure. Uh, I mean, hell, it was like 90 degrees in Anchorage a couple of weeks ago. There may not be anything left of Alaska by the time I get there. Uh, but I, I go to Hawaii every single year. Uh, it's my favorite place on earth. Uh, if you have not made the trip, uh, across the Pacific, uh, to the Hawaiian islands, formerly the sandwich islands, uh, do yourself a favor and, and make sure you, you make that journey. What's um, your favorite Island? Of, well, I haven't been to Kauai yet. That's where I'm going on Monday. <laughs> That's, oh, I cannot oh, wait. Cannot yeah, wait. I'm very envious. The problem with Kauai, it's like the rainiest place on earth in December. So usually I try to go like over the holidays, uh, right after week 16 wraps. So it's not the greatest place to travel to, uh, but Maui, Lanai, um, you know, I've been to Oahu several times, uh, but I, you know, I need to check out a few more islands. So, you know, my family, I got to keep the kids busy. So that's where we usually go to Oahu. Uh, yeah. and if you go to Hawaii, well, make sure you go to Waikiki beach, uh, I think it's the perfect place on earth. It can be a little crowded at times, but the wave action is absolutely ideal. Dukes, which is in the outrigger hotel right behind it. Best fish sandwich in the world. And, and then if you go next door to the pink building, the pink hotel, the Royal Hawaiian, uh, it is a historic uh, landmark. That's where the original Mai Tai was ah. created. And you cannot find another Mai Tai like it anywhere on the planet. I will challenge anyone. It is perfect and true story, Jeff. Last year, uh, the Bears playoff game, you know, I'm a huge Bears fan. Uh, my, my family and I were in Oahu and we had decided my wife had booked, you know, months in advance, this whale watching trip, never do a whale watching trip. Okay. It's the biggest waste of time in your entire life. So we were on this boat for like two hours. Thanks to my Yahoo sports app. I was able to stream the Bears game. Um, you know, of course the, the missed field goal by Cody Parkey, Ugh. uh, and, you know, we, we get off and, you know, the, the moments building up and, and, and Parkey's trotting on the field and we're driving to this hotel. And I told my son, run in, I'm going to give the keys to the valet. It'll take care of it. 
and, and tell me what's going on. And then I just got this six, just sick feeling in my stomach. And I walk in and my 10 year old comes up and goes, daddy missed it. I'm like, I already knew. Yeah. Have <laughs> and, and, and I said, you know what? I'm not going to drag this down on this day. I'm in paradise. So I walk down to the beach, cleanse my soul and the healing powers of Waikiki and then had a Mai Tai or three at the Royal Hawaiian behind me. And it was a good day. So it's a good go. day. It's a good day. Outstanding. Very yeah. good. Hey, Brad, this was fun. Thank you so much for jumping on with us. And uh, what's coming up next? I know that I saw the Seahawks preview is up on the site now on Yahoo. What's what's the next thing you're working on? Uh, I got Arizona uh, preview on Friday uh, and then our preview uh, series wraps up next week with the LA Rams and San Francisco 49ers. Uh, of course, fantasy football live is going to be back season 14, Jeff. Wow. We've been doing 14 years and I have a Cal Ripken streak, knock on wood. I have not missed a single show over that uh, time period. And we are going on the road. I have caught wind of that. I will tell you the destination once everything is finalized for week one. Uh, It's going to be party central. So check that out. The fantasy football hour, my nationally syndicated uh, television show, which is going to be available in about 110 million households. Uh, this season uh, across regional sports networks. We're going to be back August 22nd. So check your local listing for time and channel on that fantasy record podcast. I mentioned as well. Uh, and of course, follow me on Twitter at Yahoo noise. Come harass me. I'm always uh, engaged with the trolls and feeding them steaks. They're delicious and they're wonderful little people. <laughs> Excellent. Have a troll as list likes to say he has a troll skin suit and he wears and all that. Yeah. You guys bring it out. <laughs> uh, but Love it. Love it. Brad, Brad, awesome stuff. Great talking to you. Talk to you again soon. Muchas gracias, amigo. That's Brad Evans on the Rotowire Fantasy Pod, Fantasy Football Podcast. Tune in tomorrow as we have our latest pod. Thank you again for listening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.